All right, ready? All right. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Everybody got all their coffees out. Hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, I've got enough of these like pre uh, episode like gurgle barf coughs that I'm just going to stitch them all together. I'm going to release yeah. It'll just be like a uh, crappy yeah, episode. 30 minute track of grumbling and groaning and hacking and. and- Black boogers and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do an episode on black boogers. That's the. Yeah. That's the oh. wow. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. How's everybody doing today? Very good. How are you? Doing well. Fantastic. Can't complain. Hey, we got a special guest tonight. Guess who's with us? It's Jason Nix, the Tool Scrounge on Instagram. How's it going, Jason? Uh, it's going good. Uh, How are you guys? Very, very good. Jason's got a buddy with him. Jason, you care to introduce your uh, your pal in the studio? Oh, he's being kicked and out and banished by my wife at the moment. So he's not <laughs> used to me talking like you know uh, after five or whatever. So. <laughs> Why is dad talking to the, to the glowing box? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, Jason Jason reached out to us, and we're glad he did. He's on tonight. We're going to be talking all things restoration. Jason's got a unique perspective. Jason lives in Washington State, just like our recent interview with Victor, Modern Mint. But uh, Jason's been around the block and definitely done the restoration <laughs> game. And... Uh, decided to come on and show his share his wisdom with us youngins and uh, really tell us what we're in for as we get deeper into this this yeah. field so why is this the the thing that you uh spend your time on it's in more of an accident than anything else um i actually when my wife and i were first married um that would be well a little bit after we were first married i went to welding school and uh, graduated from there. It was just a two-year trade school thing. And I graduated from there in 99 and then just kind of bumped around doing... I was a certified structural steel welder, so doing a lot of heavy beam industrial work, things like that. And it's pretty seasonal, but so I just jumped around from place to place. But being Washington State certified, um, I was able to make a couple bucks extra per hour and and because the welds were inspected. But then I got hurt on the job and just kind of, I mean, for, I'll just be up front. I faded off onto pain pills for a couple of years and just hung out at home, you know, and was decided to that. I was like, I'm laying around being a piece of shit right now. (laughs) So I kind of just pulled myself up from my bootstraps and went back to school um and i went for graphic design yeah and you know with a focus on print so that's just another thing for graphic design that's like a death sentence because print was like dying you know everything was a digital all this other stuff but it was kind of cool because i had free reign of the um the the studio the print studio and stuff like that there was really nobody else in there and then nice floated around in that for a while but um and again that's like a seasonal gig work and i i don't know i have like a 
blue collar mentality, I guess would be a polite way to put it. So I'm pretty upfront with people. And in an office environment, that doesn't really work super well when you're up front. There's a lot of crying and and uh, and I'm just like, what's the matter? I have no idea, you know, because um, <laughs> why use 10 words and hold somebody's hand through it um, when four will do. But anyway, so I wasn't really well received there. And sure. I actually went into IT for a while, too. And same thing, even worse, but, you know, anyway, so just to make a long story short, I started working for this guy who had an antique store. Uh, he's an estate broker and uh, he had some slackers doing as a warehouse where they would just run in with the stuff left from a, a, an estate sale and just throw everything into this giant pile. So mm -hmm. I had to burrow through there like the Viet Cong and and uh you know to use that what of the, the joke from uh Austin Powers um and just you know dig stuff out but I've always kind of my mom and family have collected for a while my grandfather ran an antique store in the 70s and he ran an illegal card room upstairs from it Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, after he came back from World War II, he was like, I'm never paying taxes again. So he had an illegal gambling facility and laundered the money through the antique store. So he's dead now. So that's okay if I spill his secrets. But, yeah, your your grandfather and my grandfather would have got along. He, I, <coughs> I, think, I think I mentioned it in, in previous episodes. I can't remember. But my, my grandfather was a, a, a penny-pinching guy. You know, he's yeah. a product product of the uh, depression, yeah. and he he had a extra room in his house that he never got assessed for tax value. And every time the tax guy would come around, he'd put um, uh, plywood up over the door and say it's just a crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> and he he had a uh, part of the water main for his neighborhood was sticking up out of the out of the dirt in the corner of his yard. So he uh -huh. put a tap on it so he could water his lawn for free. Nice. <laughs> well, for every one person trying to figure out a way to stop you from doing what you should, there's, you know, a thousand of them trying to hack their way into it. So anyway, yeah, that was a little bit discombobulated. But um, so I work, worked for the estate broker and I got a little bit um, early, you know, I got early picks, I guess, from a lot of the estates and stuff that came in and. I mean, I always paid fair value or anything like that, but, you know, being able to filter the stuff out before it hits the floor is a pretty good advantage. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great trick to have, you know? Yeah. Jason, I've seen a lot of your stuff, and um, mm -hmm. I was just curious, like, do you do you collect, per like, old tools and just older, interesting, you know, oddities and curiosities personally and sell them, or is it something you collect and keep? A little of both. I... You know, I hit a lot of estate sales and, and I've kind of built up a network of regular customers that look for stuff. I have a couple guys that like hand planes, a couple guys that like hatchets. Um, there's a weird gal that buys old medical equipment like bone saws and crap like that. Wow. And I view all that stuff as kind of currency, you know, like um, 
So if you go to a state and you make a pile of stuff, you can add other stuff that you maybe not be you're not personally interested in. And yeah. it doesn't really change the price of the pile, you know. Um, so, and there's a lot of competition here because there's a lot of antique dealers and stuff. But mostly my approach is I look for stuff that I want. I bundle it with stuff that other people want. And then I'll sell that stuff and use it to buy more stuff that I want. <laughs> or trade it off go. like currency, you know, because there's guys around that like the hand planes, just for an example, you know, and yeah. uh, and I am not interested in them at all. So I usually just get them clean enough to identify them. And then, you know, there'll be somebody who's not interested in machinist stuff or things I can use for my lathe or my mill or copper smithing or any of those types of things, which are the things that I tend to keep. So yeah. um, I'll just say, hey, you want this? And 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 we usually do a pretty good trade. So do some horse trading or yeah. so you either either sell it, uh, you know, like you said, to buy more stuff that you like or you do some horse mm -hmm. trading. I, I think that, you know, that's a pretty common experience, but you know, yeah. it's, it's a it's a good option to have, you know, whether you, you don't have to physically sell it. You'd be like, hey, I have this thing and they like it and they'll trade you this thing that you like. Yeah. And it, it ends up being a good deal on both ends. Well, I do sell stuff, too. I have a, a shared um, it's a storage space, but it's in an industrial area. And so I share it with my sister who refurnishes fit, uh, furniture. And so I have it set up as like a store. So I'll have a sale once or twice a month, depending on how much stuff I have. And so I just, I mean, it's all on the tables anyway, and I'll just kind of advertise it as an estate sale. And I have regulars and they show up and it does pretty well. So, um, great. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And the rent's cheap. So <laughs> <laughs> the only place here that is, but, um, anyway <laughs> that's awesome so so did you get into do you do a lot of restorations of old stuff or do you usually find yeah. stuff that's in pretty decent shape well both um let's see like i mean getting more into the machinery a lot of, it, it just really depends like what the the um what it calls for you know um <clears throat> if it's something i'm gonna keep I usually just get it running and cleaned up. You know, I really don't care too much about what it looks like. Some people, sure. um, some people just want a thing that's working as much as I can, like with a drill press or bandsaw or whatnot, I'll replace the bearings and, and do the wiring and possibly change out the motor because I buy, like if I see a motor, I just buy it. It doesn't even matter if it's been tested. They're usually like three or five bucks or whatnot. And sure. and if it's the one that goes on it, you know, like I'll go to a sale here and somebody will put a Harbor Freight motor on it and I'll go to another sale over here and there's the motor for it. You know, it's just yeah. kind of works that way. I'll save it up and, you know, and mishmash things together. But to me, the biggest thing, though, is the safety of them. I don't sell anything with electricity unless I know that, you know, I don't do any shady wiring or anything like that. It's, it's good. Yeah. Nice to be ethical about stuff. A lot of guys yeah. don't care about that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. 
But I also have a friend that runs a, he has a motor re rewinding shop here in town too. And um, he, his side business is making uh, retrofitting vehicles with Tesla batteries and turning them to electric. Wow. So I'll build battery banks for him. I'll weld them yeah. up and then he gives me, he'll wire up or rewind some motors and stuff. for me. That's super him. cool. That is an awesome resource to have. Yeah. I, I really wish. I mean, I, there there is stuff around. You can find it. They're almost everywhere. But like the the expense of having a motor rewound is often yeah. a, above you know what it's really worth. But like those having the original motor and if it's burnt out, having the option to rewind it is something that yeah. I've always wanted to have because uh, I love the original motors and I really wish that you know they weren't damaged or they were just updated a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he showed me to some like there's a spray enamel that he uses, and he's like, "This is the stuff I dunk the motors in to clean them." And so he's just like, he just throws the whole motor into this solution, and it cleans the whole thing out. And then you spray enamel with this insulated enamel on, uh, you know, some of the the more sensitive areas and things like that you know just not on the windings themselves <laughs> right right yeah. but so, i mean yeah. it, unless i mean i don't know if that stuff's like proprietary form but it would be cool to know what that stuff actually is because i know there's a lot of people in the restoration world that you know go to clean up these motors and you know they can only do so much or they get in there with a toothbrush and and try to you yeah. know wipe it out as best they can <laughs> like dave yeah but you know if, if he if he has something that you you know you can dunk a whole motor and i'd love to know what it is because that, that would be an, a great uh, resource to have there yeah offhand i don't remember exactly the name of it but i can like send you guys a picture or something like that or post that would be it, cool yeah we could know? share yeah. that on the on the instagram and the enamel the insulating enamel is um i've seen it at home depot it's usually in the electrical department and it's just a okay. spray. And I'll, again, I'll I'll send you guys a picture of that stuff too. But Dave, yeah. you can come out. You can come out of the caveman age. You don't. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of my motor restorations include using a solvent to clean out the, the gook on the inside, and hoping that I don't damage anything sensitive. I yeah. I mean, I have no clue what I'm doing. I usually do point to point wire replacement uh, if it's bad, but like on the inside. Yeah. But aside from that, like, yeah, it's it's nice to have a friend who really knows that stuff inside and out. And and Evan, you know, if you ever need anything done, there's a there's a shop in Philly that rewinds uh, motors, and they're old school as shit, like old pile piles and piles of new old stock motor parts from all the way back. <laughs> oh, I love it. Stuff. It's the yeah. coolest place in the world. Um, and the guy that works there is like, you know, he's been doing it for like forty years, kind of deal. Like, so you, you really know that you're getting a proper uh, you're getting proper service when you go there. That's great. Fantastic. He's thrown out more motors than I've seen in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my wife works. Sorry. Uh, my wife works at the um, a cold storage here. She's a union foreman for the machinists or not machinists. Sorry. The um, engineers. So basically it's a big room that is a refrigerator and they have uh, what is it? Um, the antifreeze basically, but um I, I I'm not. She talks about it, and sometimes it just turns into TV snow. But um, 
<laughs> they have motors that are as big as a Mini Cooper in there. Wow. You know, I mean, just monster industrial motors that they don't make them anymore, you know. And, I mean, they make a version of them, but not the ones that they have. So, this guy rewinds those, you know. It's just completely insane, the level Very of that, cool. that kind of stuff. And he's old school, too. He had a crotchety old timer working in there, too. Chased me out of there a couple times, but... <laughs> <laughs> going down a little side note and you yeah. can probably this with your buddy when i talked to that one fella who i said was old school like he he was saying he can't he can't hire guys like he can't hire a young man to work in that shop because like it does require a little bit of expertise and and some hand skills and guys these you know young kids coming out of high school now they have none. They have no yeah. hand skills. Period, and they don't have that the work ethic to take the time to learn a specific trade. It doesn't pay that well right out the gate. Yeah, they you got know? little styluses that have grown in <laughs> on the tips of their thumbs. Um, soft, soft yeah. paws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like funny. My best friend's son. He he's going to the school here, Western, for. Uh, what is it? Industrial design, and his internship was at Timken Bearings. No, oh, that's Timken's cool. Here, okay. And he said that they hired these old timers where they would, so they were putting these ball bearings that were the size of, you know, uh, like a grapefruit or one of those personal watermelons, out of the hardening ovens with these tongs, and then moving them over into this other place. And he started going off about how they should automate it and get rid of these guys. And and I I was just like about oh, ready no. to smack the shit out of him. <laughs> and then, you know, he's looking at my 1938 um, uh, South Bend lathe and, and this Van Norman number 12 mill, which Van Norman competed with um, Bridgeport and lost. But these machines are really great, right? He's looking at all the stuff. He's like, why don't you just get a CNC machine and get rid of all this stuff? And I, I'm like, do you even understand where you are right now? This is the stuff that got you to where you are and what you know. Yeah. And his professor told him, he was like asking me what, um, <clears throat> what flux was. I, I think that's what he was. He was talking about uh, what is it? Where it's submersible welding, where they cover it. He was basically he asked his professor what the stuff was that they covered the weld with while they were doing it, and he said cat litter. So cat that's what. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's true. I didn't really retell that very well, but that's essentially. Hey, I mean that, that makes a lot of sense though, because that that's like me me being a tech ed teacher. That's what I do mm -hmm. with my with my students. I I let them know that. You know, every time they they make a uh, a CAD drawing and they print it out and it looks beautiful, mm -hmm. or every time they they do something on the um, the the 3D printer or our little CNC machine, I'm yeah. like, everything that you just did 50 years ago, somebody did by hand, and right. and they made it just as good as you. And I, I show them old drawings of like of like uh, locomotive drawings. Um, that mm -hmm. you know, I show them pictures of the people laying on the tables doing their drawings on massive sheets of paper and i'm like yeah what they're doing right now that would come out and look exactly like what you just printed off the computer it would look just as good and they're like what they, they don't believe me right well i was in school in the late 80s and cad on a computer didn't exist i took drafting 
Yeah. You know, which is six months of lettering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I even took, well, we didn't, do, we didn't do that much, but we did do a lot of the um, hand drafting, uh, mm-hmm. even when I was in high school, and that was that was 2007. Yeah. So we, we did do that, because he, he wanted us to know that, hey, you can do it by hand, and this is the way it was done um, before we got onto the computers and, and had everything basically done for us. Yeah. My wife's uncle is an architect in Seattle, and they lost power one day, and all the kids went home because they said they couldn't work. Oh, and no. he was like, I got pencils. He just stayed behind and did all the work by hand, you know, but whatever. <laughs> That's, I, mean, oh, I hate my generation's embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's I mean, so off. We, 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 still grew up, we still grew up saying you had to do the math without the calculator because the calculator was the aid, and now they just give the kids the calculator. So if battery, you're not, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket at all times. Uh huh. Yeah, I was. <laughs> remember what? the calculator watch? Not to. I, let's like. Yeah, I. I mean, this could go the the 80s thing, but on the flip side, a lot of kids are bringing stuff back single-handedly you know i mean i go to sales all the time and you know these are world war ii or even you know um, somewhere in between the boomers and the greatest generation that are they're just not around anymore you know and i get a lot of stories about stuff like my wife can attest to this It, it it she makes fun of me about it all the time but um, old ladies love me for some reason, and when I go to their sales, I don't know if I remind them of their husbands when they were younger, or whatever. You know, I got a pot belly and a beard, and I'm straightforward, <laughs> and and all that. But they, and she explained it. She's like, I think they recognize that you're just not full of shit, you know. And and I sit and listen to them, and there's stories about these tools that their husbands or you know family have left behind and they don't know what to do with it they're really happy that someone's going to take it over and you know you go on youtube and and you see a lot of younger people that are like i've never seen a generation before this go i want to learn how to do blacksmithing or you know something that's almost lost and work it backwards and figure out how to do it you know, and they're so persistent that it's like, it's what would be the word to use for it? Some kind of renaissance, you know? And it's because of that that this stuff's not dead. It's actually starting to flourish again. So as much as I bag on younger people, you know, I I learn a lot from them. And, and anyway, it's just to know that you don't know everything, even when you're, you know, about to hit 50 or 60 years old is, uh, an important lesson to learn, I think, but sure. It's definitely humbling. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, I think it's super important when you find those opportunities to listen about those stories. Yeah. I mean, I think we mentioned it in an interview past, but, uh, or a discussion past, but having those stories just in the back of your mind when you're mm-hmm. in that tool at second life is super cool for me personally. And yeah. uh, it wouldn't really happen if you just handed off your money and drove off with their stuff. Um, 100%. <clears throat> well, I've gotten people to sell stuff to me that way too, like that they wouldn't sell to other people, you know, cause you get these guys that roll in there with a big, you know, giant knot of 
hundred dollar bills or whatever in a sense of entitlement and and uh these old ladies will send those guys packing but they're just like i don't like your attitude you know and and so but i also love genuinely love having that conversation with people so anyway it is cool there's so many stories wrapped up in these especially it's neat with machines i think too like you know mm-hmm. little small screwdrivers there's nobody really has there's never really like a great story associated with that but right you know that, that uh that stand-up drill press that grandpa stood at for you know thousands of hours making crafts yeah. for his grandchildren or something like mm-hmm. that be able to extract that story from someone who's you know still surviving and, and witness that I think is neat and you can share it's a good it's, it's able to, to kind of trace that lineage back and have some provenance about that specific tool and i think that's it makes it more than just a piece of iron it kind of brings it to life in a sense not to get deep or anything but <laughs> we can be deep <laughs> groovy man i don't really do deep. i'm not <laughs> except for these things that i'm so passionate about <laughs> yeah well, I mean, having a real kind of connection to it, I, I have a hard time selling some of that stuff. So what I usually end up doing is I find somebody who is looking for the thing. They want to use it. It'll add to their end goal. And I mean, honestly, and I'm not trying to say this because I'm some like, you know, generous, you know, whatever, but I've given so much a shit, so much shit away to these people for free or very little, you know, like it certainly didn't cover the time I put into it, even sure. checking it out, you know, it's like, <clears throat> cause that's happened to me before too. You know, I have a Walker Turner drill press in there and I had some, I don't know, piece of crap, unlabeled a Vietnamese built, you know, before that. And the guy gave me the Walker Turner for 60 bucks because he was like, I go, ah, this is what I have. You know, this is what I'm, cause at first he thought I was like going to resell it or I was a collector. And he, so he's, he threw the, I don't really want to sell it price at me, but I will, if you meet this price, you know? And then I got to talking with him and he just, he was like, you know, took a gamble and forked it over and it's still there. So, and I'm still using, it's my favorite. So <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Find that, find stuff like that. It sounds like, you know, I think people really do appreciate that, especially things that they care about that they don't, you know, like you said, little old lady, she doesn't really, really want to get rid of that thing. She wishes her husband was still around using it, you yeah. know? Yeah. But if she knows it's going to go somewhere good where it's going to be appreciated, not sold for a you know major profit, which she's obviously not going to see. Yeah. It was kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I've had people chase me out of sales too, because I've told people that are having them that they're being taken advantage of. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really do that anymore, but early on, yeah, yeah, there were a couple of guys that got a little squirrely about it, but. Sure. Well, here, let's let's jump into some other alums. Let's, let's sort of switch gears a little bit. I've, I've got some questions for you about restoration and okay. things that, that make, you know, kind of make your gears <laughs> turn a little bit. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite tool in the shop for doing restoration work? What's one thing that you couldn't live without? Bench grinder with wire wheels on it. And, uh, That's a popular answer. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, whoa. Wow. So I have a, somebody made a 
I, I don't know what they made it out of, but it's basically a chisel that's V'd out so it gets wider at the end and it's got a loop on the on the back of it. Somebody made it. It's not anything special. I don't think anyone would look at it twice, but um, it's got the the blade on it is hardened. Mm. And, um, you know, I put an edge on that thing and and get to scraping, you know, just to remove gunk and all that, you know, crud. And another fortunate thing, so I guess I have multiple answers. <laughs> sure. But, top, top five. Give me your top five. Okay. <laughs> the bench grinder with wire wheels. Um, I'm going to count the angle grinder, of course, but all as one because I have six or seven of them because I hate changing out wheels. <laughs> so right, right. I just keep them preloaded with what goes on them. I, like I see them at garage sales for five, ten bucks. I run them until they die, and I cut the cord off of them and throw them away when I'm done. You know, <laughs> um, what's well, uh, the ubiquitous blue paper towel? The the that that's definitely something that comes in handy. But one of my favorite little things is there. There's a Grizzly showroom here, <clears throat> or in Bellingham, which is a little bit south. Okay. And they sell that go in the drivers, you know, I don't know what the, the little, you know, they go into an electric driver and it's like a gun uh, tube cleaner made out of wire. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but they go in the, or that's the, the drill. So a grown up pipe cleaner. Basically, yeah, but you can throw them in a driver and... For me, that's an invaluable thing. It's, you know, it's, I, I'm listing off consumables, of course, because sure. it's, you know, about restorations. And then um, I don't know if that's three or four, but my other thing that I have a habit of doing is, is picking up uh, old stock paints. I think a lot of things that are overlooked at these sales are the, you know, uh, penetrating oils, the, you know, Cans of WD-40, I got a gallon of Croil for 10 or 15 bucks that only had a little bit out of it. That's a $100, you know, uh, tub of, of penetrating oil that, you know, it, it's these kinds of things. But, um, yeah, just the overlooked stuff that, that people use uh, on a regular basis, these are all invaluable to me. And they save me a lot of money, and I don't have – I stockpile it, so – you know, I have a giant milk crate full of dub cans of WD-40, and I, I don't even like WD-40, but, you know, if I'm going to soak a bunch of stuff that got wet, you know, it's fine for displacing water. <laughs> That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, and then the paint is another thing. Like, I'll enamel paint's not cheap, so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Jason, did you, did you restore your bench grinder? Yes, I did actually. Um, I have okay. I have three. I have a ball door which <clears throat> I took apart, put new bearings in, you know, lubed it up, cleaned it up, and then the capacitor exploded and it's full of oil. So yeah. then the capacitor exploded. I had I posted it. If you look, at, I, if you dug around in my account, I posted a my Nest camera caught it. 
I was walking by and it was running and then this pop and a whole bunch of smoke came out of it. Oh, and it scared it, it was funny because I jumped when it happened. And um but then I could fix that back up. And then I've got a couple of older ones that uh that I've fixed up and and restored one of them, the main one is restored. I'm trying to remember what brand it is. I can't off the top of my head, but cool, cool. <clears throat> and I've had to like put some shins and crap on it, but it has no protective anything on it. So it just has the wire wheels. So I do the full welder leathers and, you know, cause those wires fly off of there at pretty good speed. Sure. But, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were, yeah. Oh yeah. It was in our conversation, you know, leading up to this, this interview, we were, we were talking with each other on the group chat and Instagram, mm-hmm. and I think we, we had mentioned uh, James should take a, a wire wheel and put it on the table saw arbor of his of his oh, yeah. woodworker. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And send, send the wires into low-Earth orbit, orbit there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a full send there. Let's turn fun. you into a porcupine in under 30 seconds. <laughs> Deal on, uh, on Pearson's. Yeah. What is a, I have to ask, I, so I don't even know, what is a, is a universal woodworker like a shopsmith? Is that, or is that like fighting it, words? Shopsmith on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. shopsmith, shopsmith, shopsmith was the answer when extruded steel parts became the norm, like the 50s and 60s, where you were able mm-hmm. to uh, get a lot a uh, lighter weight where you can make a pipe frame and then put a bunch yeah. of tools that would slide in and out. Uh, this was that this predates that where you've got one drive uh, that powers all of the, the major woodworking elements. Okay. But they, they were all full size. So you've got a full size mm-hmm. bandsaw next to a full size table saw next to a full size cast iron joiner. And in my case, I have a, a shaper and a, a boring tool. And the, the fun part is it's one drive from one motor and then all the clutching that you can engage and disengage all the machines at will. So you can turn, you can have all five of them running and they've got pictures wow. of guys all standing next to them, which is just mm-hmm. terrifying because everybody's in feeds is everybody else's out feed. So if anything's binding up, it's someone's getting staked. But uh, oh wow. Yeah. I think that's all advertising purposes because <laughs> you probably have maybe two guys working on it, but all the yeah. literature. Yeah. All the literature talks to being like super efficient and the, it's mm-hmm. all flowery words, which is really fun to read. But you're like, there's no yeah. way in hell, even, even in the best state, you're going to have five guys actually standing next to the machine at the exact mm-hmm. same moment. But I'm you just, could if you wanted to. You, you technically could if you wanted to. If you were making your little trinkets and just like cutting dowels all day, you could definitely <laughs> push some stuff out. It sounds like you'd be like pulling a lot of levers like in Young Frankenstein or something like that, trying to get your monster to come alive. Yeah, you yeah. Know? but it's then you got, the, you got the eight in your, I don't even, I think it's like, it's probably eight or 10 inch, the, the main belt that powers everything, you know, it's like, it's uh-huh. like 40, it's like 40 feet long if you would wheel it out, you know, cut it and then yeah, lay right. it out. So you got that thing running in. Cows. Yeah. <laughs> got that thing running in so you gotta you gotta watch where you're going and oh don't don't even get us started because because we were all there james and, and dave and i we, we went and picked it up and the uh thankfully james is going to be putting a a better electrical control on it the the, mm-hmm. elect, the electrical <laughs> control that was on it when we got there was the scariest frankenstein thing i've ever seen in my life yeah 
it, it was you ever seen like an op- open switch variable speed where it literally jumps from one contact to the next and it's like drop it makes a spark as it as it makes a connection so yeah instead of like a instead of a knife switch it's basically a knife switch to like seven positions okay so but it's all open and, and the, the wires just went directly in no no shielding around it no guard uh-huh. just the, the the main power into this motor or this box and and I think James was standing there and he accidentally like rubbed up against it and got, got zinged a little bit. Yeah, me. But the, this guy, this That's guy awesome. we, we go, <laughs> we go in there and this guy's just like, you want to see it done? And we're like, of course we do. So he goes up to the wall, grabs the Frankenstein box and sparks fly the, the lights dim. And then this thing starts rolling and we're like, Holy cow. This is this wow. is awesome. You gotta check out this. There's a fun video that we made after the fact. That's it's on my yeah. YouTube channel. That's hilarious. And okay. Just really, it's cool. If, yeah. they, if anybody, any of our listeners haven't seen the video of uh, of the Universal Woodworker, go to YouTube Parts and Restoration and find that video. It's fun. <laughs> it's that's such rad. a cool machine. I'll yeah. have to check and that out. Make, make sure you have your buddy stick his hands into all the clutching mechanisms when you actually intent- accidentally turn the table saw on. Yeah. We were trying to we were trying to engage the boring machine and then all of a sudden they're like, oh the table saw spinning. We're like, Yeah. Oh. yeah the giant <laughs> ten inch blade. It's like you know, a thousand years old. Just like yeah. Running it fast. That, that was now. that was a fun process. I mean that, that was a that was like a fun, you know, extrication getting that out of there. We we nearly put the uh the uh, the engine hoist that we were getting it out with through the floor of the loading dock that they had on this building. It was an old building, but uh, that was that was a fun experience. So I mean, we, nice. I think one of the, one of the big things is you know having those fun experiences and having those those memories. So like, what what's um what's something that sticks out in your mind that is like either a fun experience or or it was uh I let me think of the right words like. You know the the chase, like you were after something, and you finally found it, and you had that great experience. Do you have something like that? Um, I got a second um, South Bend Heavy Ten lathe that the guy I used to work for. So COVID hit. The guy I used to work for was like, "I've got this estate," because he also sells real estate. He's like, "I've got this estate; it needs to be cleaned out in a week, and I can't have a sale." because they did a state shutdown. He's like, but if you come down here and you grab this thing, you can have it for free. And he oh sent me God. pictures. Wow. Sent me some pictures, and it looked like it was on, I don't know, pick a, pick a body of water that catches on fire. It's so polluted, but it looked like it was in the bottom of that for a decade. And, wow. and the guy who had it, painted it with some latex house paint with like a roller or a brush or some shit <laughs> and the rust was literally pushing the paint off of the machine oh, God. so i go down there it is about a half hour south of here just out in the middle of the sticks like these windy roads and i mean this like the original house there must have been like eight outbuildings or something but the original house was Maybe the only thing that if there was ever a permit pulled, that was it for that one. The rest of it was just, you know, shanties and stuff. And uh, another part of the story that's interesting. But um, so I go down there and I grab it. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is going to work out, but I'm helping a friend out, you know. And 
I, I grab it. I bring it home. I start looking at it. The thing is mint underneath there. The only thing wrong with it is that it had the the pan, the chip pan that sits under the machine. That had yeah. some standing moisture in it at some point, and it got pitted out. But I st I mean, the first thing I did to it was uh, pressure washed it just indiscriminately. And all this paint started coming off. And I was like, so, I mean, when I looked at it and I said that the rust was pushing the paint off of it, it I don't know that, I mean, it had some rusty spots, but it's just beautiful underneath there. Mm -hmm. So I started working on that. And then there's another one. Um, another lathe that I pulled out of 12 inches of mud, it was sinking and I'm trying to remember the brand name of it, but it's from the 1890s and I'm bringing that actually into my house tomorrow cool. to start nice. taking it, clean it, but it's, it's, and it's got every accessory that came with the damn thing. So That's all the dogs, cool. it's got the brass oilers on the top. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, I mean. A part of the story about the South Bend Heavy 10, though, is like, you know, so COVID hits, right? And everyone's like, oh, someone ate a bat, you know? And I'm, <laughs> we're looking in some of the outer buildings, and my daughter, Eris, our, our youngest, she's, you know, she opens the door because they had, like, this, like, outbuilding. It had a bunk, you know? I think they maybe had, you know, people could rent it or whatever, I guess. She opens the, the door... And there's a built-in ladder going up to it. And there's a big, giant bat sleeping between the two steps. And she's open and just like, nope. Nice. <laughs> Closes doors. Like, she's like, I ain't messing with no bats right now. <laughs> not, not today. Not no, today. Not today. <laughs> not today. So, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily the best story, but that's like a score, you know. And then the oh, one I pulled awesome. out of the mud was a old lady situation. Her husband was Canadian and lived down here and passed recently and hadn't used this lathe. It was in a barn. And I just talked to her and I paid a couple guys to help me pull it out. And uh, I mean, I've looked around at some of them on like vintage machinery and stuff and the ones that are out there are beat, like they look like they're run over by a freight train, you know, kind of deal. So, yeah, um, I'm just I'm just curious. How, how did you end up getting it out of the mud? Like you, you dig it out and winch it out or what'd you do? Um, I took the headstock off. I took the tailstock off. Um, and then, like I said, a couple guys, we had a. The guy had some vintage cars he was restoring, so just some shady methodology, you know, a four by four and a and a floor jack, you know, oh. to lift it out one end at a time. Put a piece of wood underneath one end, do the other end, right. and then we basically made a sled out of a piece of plywood and dragged it over the top out, and then. Um, they actually were selling, I'm glad it didn't sell, but they were selling an engine hoist and we got it into the back of my truck. Nice. <laughs> Simple so, but effective. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, sketchy, you know, um, but I've done a lot of those sketchy machinery moving, so I'm getting pretty good at it, but. So Dave, cool. Dave actually mangled an engine hoist doing one of his sketchy pulls. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> With the printing press, is that what it was? 
Yeah, yeah, the printing yeah. press and the uh, and, uh, and the chopper machine. Yeah, the printing press yeah. killed it. It was too heavy. Yeah, this Funny. this one is was homemade though, so I think there were the the pipe on it was quarter inch wall thickness, so it was not gonna. Yeah, that'll do you. Pressure, yeah. So <laughs> my fun. biggest score though yeah. was I do the um, vintage metal uh, furniture too, and I found this giant bin of drawers that looked like it was on a ship and it was free on the side of the road and i sold that a couple weeks ago for 200 bucks so there you go nice <laughs> yeah that's Zero to profit oh, yeah so, so are, you, are you putting are you putting the lathe and uh the drill press and other uh items to work making things or are you using using them to make new parts to fix other tools to both um yeah, so that's kind of and and I'm the stages for my artwork because I do do artwork as well. Are I have a lot of drawings and ideas, and it's just kind of a mental vomit of that kind of stuff where I just you know I, as soon as I get the idea on paper, another one shows up, and so I have kind of this backlog of different things, but I don't have the skill set to match my imagination so the skills come slower right so you know i'll like the bandsaw i'm working on right now the walker turner bandsaw i was like i'm gonna clean this up i'm gonna get it working i'm gonna put a dc motor on it so i can slow it down and cut metal and then i've never had this problem before it doesn't mean that it's not common but i sprayed some uh acetone on it to clean just to clean it you know if you spray it on there and wipe it off really fast it it doesn't really ruin the paint but as soon as i sprayed that on there the paint just orange peeled up right so i'm like okay yeah so this is what i gotta do now and now i'm going like whole hog on that but everything's a means to an end so I had a DC motor on my lathe. I pulled that off my lathe and put it on the bandsaw to make sure that's working. So now my lathe isn't working, the the one that I run on a regular basis. So it's a lot of switching back and forth to get things to work and and whatnot. So, But I do have a few inventions and things like that as well. But a lot of times, yeah, I'll make a few parts here and there for, for a piece of machinery or, you know... Um, raising things back together is pretty common uh sure and then like bad at bearings i want to learn how to scrape them myself so i've been kind of amassing one of the big things i kind of go after the old knowledge books and yes love those i love those those large collection of them so but yeah i mean it it, i don't know if that i kind of wandered off there a little bit no that's perfect yeah, that's good that's a good answer i love your walker turner uh, uh bandsaw by the way i was just looking oh, looking through your page in a preparation for the interview yeah gorgeous machine i love the way you did the uh the deco lines on there with the bronze gorgeous yeah. machine and that's what we were talking about earlier where you know i find the old paint and that's actually bronzing powder so it's actually powdered bronze with mm. other stuff mixed in to make different colors like that one's called jersey chocolate but it's actually you know bronze powder people used to do baby shoes or whatever and i got that at an estate sale for five bucks but 
Um, <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure the sure. liquid's like lead or plutonium based or something. Yeah, like yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, like, right. I'm sure right. with all those fluids, that, you know, and degreasers and and other stuff that you stockpile, I'm yeah. sure at those old estate sales, you run into those things where it's like. It's got the skull and crossbones on it and says, don't even look at this or your face will melt off kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like, yeah, um, may cause birth defects or low birth weight and, you know, all that. May, ca may cause stuff. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 ouch. Yeah. You. Wow, wow. All right. If only you could be so lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, here's but, a question I mean, for you. Like oh, the sorry, sales. Oh no, it's okay. I just can wander off. But um, the sales thing just tends to be more like a side benefit, and I actually do pretty well. I'm starting to put more stuff online, and it's a time thing because I have that hoarder magpie tendency where I'm like, oh, this is great, you know, like this is a perfectly good screwdriver, but now I have a thousand screwdrivers that nobody wants, you know, sitting in a box yeah. out there. And <clears throat> so I am starting to get a little bit as my education and, and knowledge widens a little bit, I'm starting to get a little bit more picky about what I pick up because otherwise I sit around looking at it going, tired of looking at all this crap you know and the trick yeah. is to get it in front of the person that wants it and somebody always wants it but it's a hard push to find that person and get them to you so for sure yeah that's true what's your uh what's your workshop space like what kind of where are you working out of <laughs> my garage mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody turned it into a TV room, um, and so they built uh, an elevated floor on top of the cement, and I tore it out and knocked the fake wall that they put back in. Um, I got to redo the doors because I don't, they're just like thin wood doors. They're not fireproof or anything like that, but it's yeah. basically a big L shape, and of course, what are those things called where they use like a 22 blank to shoot nails into the ground? You know, ram set. Okay. Yeah, they ram set everything in there. So, and I cut the nails off. So there's these little divots all over the place, evenly spaced. So when I roll stuff on casters, it gets hung oh. up. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just a huge pain in the ass. And then. Nothing in there's level, of course. So when I'm like trying to weld stuff on the floor, it, uh, it rolls it away from you. Well, not just that, but nothing's ever really square. You know, like I have to, I have to really, you know, um, pin it down a little bit. Hey, think think of it, think of it positive. It's square to your floor. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> just hold it up to my square head and. Yeah. <laughs> Squareness. <laughs> tool scrounge, scrounge, uh, rhombus welding cart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so it's so off square that it's square again. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Give me a headache. Anyway, and then yeah, I mean, and my kids just moved out. Our bedroom is a four bedroom, so um, I've moved this like the area I'm in right now is kind of like it's warm in here so I can paint uh, not spray paint of course but I can use enamel paints and stuff in here and 
and yes. then uh, one of the other rooms is is like I have an industrial sewing machine for uh, leather and canvas stuff and things like that. So just got a lot of irons in the fire right now to you know make other stuff. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, what's the next big project for you? Um. Well, the two lathes, so the the heavy ten, and then the the super old one, um, which I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the name again. It's like I'll remember it when we hang up. But uh, and then getting my Van Norman mill working, which is pretty nice. It's a horizontal and vertical mill. It has a tilted head. And um, the guy who sold it, I mean, the thing weighs like 2,000 pounds, and we got it here. I don't know if my cement concrete is even thick enough to really technically hold it, Um, but we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The concrete has a way of telling you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, and it's already got those um, divots and stuff in it. So the guy who sold it to me is actually a machinist at Grizzly. He does a lot of the. Uh, custom stuff and he inherited it from an old timer um, down south and the unfortunate part is that it has proprietary collets but he did find the box of them so I do have a complete set of those now so yeah Yeah, as long as you have the collets I mean you should be good to go for sure and then you know in the when it starts getting warm again I'll probably start doing hitting more sales and stuff, but I got to get caught up on all this. You know, I've been, I kind of went hell bent for leather this summer, getting all this stuff together so I can have a productive winter, you know, getting the shop set up and, and then sloughing off all the old, the things I don't need or won't use. So. Sure. I feel like that's that's a big struggle. I at least find myself struggling with that. It's so easy to buy stuff that's cool and be like, oh, yeah, I'll just you know, fix it up and get it running, whatever, whatever. But the time involved in that is tough. And then, you know, it's, it's so very satisfying to go out and purchase new things. It winds up just, you know, accumulating yeah. in your life. Yeah. And it takes time to get caught up. Almost I had a running that. joke for a while that if a pile fell on me, it would take at least four days to dig me out of there. So, you know, like the cat would find me first and eat my eyeball. <laughs> That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. They do. <laughs> my phone, cell phone's like two inches beyond my reach, you know. I just right. can't make it. <laughs> at least I went out with the things that I love covered yeah. in iron. <laughs> but uh, I have a couple of secret projects that I'm working on. Some prototyping, uh, Ooh, you know, uh, like one of them is an articulating third hand. Um, I scored a um, from an estate online close by. A jeweler who was making his own custom tools, and I bought a couple of them. And they're kind of ones that I want to redesign and 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 redo and one of them's the articulating third hand so very cool uh, yeah so i've been keeping a few of these things close to the chest because even mere mentioning them lightly someone else will pick up the vibe out there in the world that's floating around and then and then i get around and make it and someone goes oh you copied so and so and you're just like 
No, I didn't. Fuck. That was, that was my, that was yeah. my idea. <laughs> so you're working on some things you want to take to the market? Yeah, actually, I Place. think that be a really good thing. I've never really had a lot of money or anything like that. I mean, that's not necessarily my intent, but um, there are solutions to problems that I've had and that I know other people have. So, sure. um, that's great. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and the third hand is more for brazing. You know, it's just one of these things that I've gone through some pretty crappy um, iterations of it and just experimenting and stuff. And I'm not an industrial designer or anything like that, but, you know, everyone, someone was the first doctor, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah, got to start so, somewhere. Yeah. Do you find, do you find working with, um, with the old things and and bringing things back to life, what does it what does it do for you? Does it is it is it therapeutic for you? Do you enjoy it on a different level? Um, what does it give? you? Does it do anything? You know, kind of like one of those deeper questions I keep on coming out with out of nowhere. But you know, I've talked to a lot of guys and a lot of people find that more than just giving you a new tool that does something for your soul. Do you feel that at all? Absolutely, hundred percent. Um. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like a TV repairman. And I'm glad I wasn't a TV repairman because nobody repairs TVs anymore. You know, but when I was a kid, my mom raised me. She's a single mom, four kids. You know, when the toaster went, for lack of a better phrase, tits up, I took it apart to figure out what was wrong and fix it. And there'd be a couple things left over, you know, and the toast uh, was always black if you didn't pay attention to it, but it still worked, you know, <laughs> you know or it worked again or, you know, that kind of thing. And my sure. great grandfather was, a, you know, he he worked out in his little hoarder shop and and uh, and then w when I was in elementary school, um, a kid I was friends with in the neighborhood was living with his grandparents for disciplinary reasons like his mom couldn't handle him anymore or something and then that's the first time i've ever seen anybody use a wood lathe and so it's just this but all of that stuff has just appealed to me on some kind of deeper level i mean i don't know if you guys believe in past lives or anything like that but for some reason all this stuff is stuff I feel like I've done before, but not this go around. I don't know if that's like too esoteric. No, no, no. Makes make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it is a heavy duty connection. And I came into it where I am now completely seemingly by accident and i think we started out me saying that but i don't think that's really the case you know it may be some kind of thing that was meant to be but cosmic drop uh, yeah on on some level but anyway jason doing it as long as you have you uh you offered some philosophy to share with some younger folks getting into it you uh, have any words of wisdoms or jewels to take away for, for guys that are kind of at the beginning stages of this? Guys and gals. I'll say guys and gals. I don't want to be exclusive. Oh, my God. 
hundreds of gals that are listening. Hey, um, I don't, I don't know. When your younger bravado gets you through some things, you know, it's a fake it till you make it kind of thing. But nobody I know actually feels like there's a massive imposter syndrome. Like, have you ever been sitting around going, God, I hope no one figures out that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I asked uh, uh, the bookkeeper where I worked one day, I go, do you ever feel that way? And she's like, every goddamn day. <laughs> and I was like, you're the chick that makes the checks, who writes the checks. Yeah. That's, that's bad to hear for me. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, James just went to work one day and started yelling at people and they made him the manager. And he was he's like, I stuck with it. <laughs> Yeah, well, when, that's the worst part about applying for those jobs is you just might get it. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, humility is a big thing with me and honor. If you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. Uh, I brought it up a little while back. There's another... Uh, I won't even talk about it. Like I called them out on Instagram about it and they were, you know, anyway, it was a deal that didn't go through and I think they just forgot. But if you're going to say something that you're going to do something, then do it. You know, yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not somebody I've, I've raised my kids. I don't need to raise anybody else's or teach anybody else. Um, you know, the, how to be a good person thing, but listening and knowing that and keeping your mouth shut and asking questions are all really solid advice. You know, you can learn anything from anybody, even if they are younger and less experienced. I always win. And, and I don't know who said this, but I picked it up somewhere. I always win every time I either get what I want. I sell it for what I want to, or I learn a lesson. And if you walk away from, you know, there's tons of people in the world that are just going to be examples of how not to behave and how not to be. And you have to ask yourself if the person you're dealing with is, you know, if that's all they have to offer, then that's something. I, it sounds pessimistic, but it's not. I'm with you 100%. So, right yeah. What's that? I just said I'm with you 100%. Couldn't agree. Yeah. Like, we're, you're connecting here yeah okay yeah i mean in read <laughs> um brush your teeth uh get some sleep drink plenty of water there you Make go sure to clean out the pipes every now and then it's good for the disposition <laughs> oh all, all excellent tips you know great great yeah. advice I love it. You know, basically, you know, have a passion about something, but don't be don't be afraid to to learn from somebody else and don't think you know it all kind of thing. Yeah, I think that people can smell it when you're after it for money. You know, like I do the stuff I do because I'm compelled to do it. I don't feel like I have a choice, you know, but there's right. no reason to go around being a dick to everybody about it either. So um, I don't know. Be nice. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> so I think one of the, the the final questions we have here is: What's your uh, your favorite all time restoration? Your the thing that you're like most happy and excited about. What would it be? 
This is one I've been working on for about six years, actually, and it's a 1963 step van that I've got sitting out in the front of my house right now. The last thing that needs to be done on it is wiring the taillights back in, and I did not label any of the wires when I took them out. So I don't know, and I don't know anything about wiring this old uh, thing. And honestly, like, I'm so afraid of failing at it that I don't even try to do it. So I've already failed. So I'm not even abiding by my own, you know, um, way of looking at it. It's just one of those things that I can't seem to get my head around and i can talk myself out of anything but top to bottom that thing is is done you know and it's it's only got fifty thousand original miles on it it runs great and you know um in the next couple days we'll find out if i really need to be able to just jump in it and go um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean it's it's a beautiful machine and I look at it every single day and I want to kick my own ass for not finishing it up, but you know, so I can, but I can always find another chore to do. Like I've even shoveled dog poop and cleaned out the chicken pen rather than start on that one. So, but it is my favorite. I worked in the hot summer grinding out the metal floors and stuff on the inside of that thing and it's an all steel box it was you know it was 110 degrees out and i was in there in flip-flops and with a four inch angle grinder <laughs> just oh, no, go. another flip-flop yeah oh, well oh, i mean who needs, who needs yeah. toes when you've got a nice nub to push the gas? Yeah. You got 10 of them. Yeah. You, got 10 of them. You, you don't need all of them. Yeah. But, yeah, that one's got to be my favorite, and it's not done. Part of me wants to know if I'm – is wondering if I am self-sabotaging a little bit because I don't want it to be done, you know, because I yeah. love working on it so much. But Tell me one more time. It was a 63 what, Step Van? Yeah, it's a it's a twenty foot step van. I got it. So the city there's a city south of here called Cedra Woolley. It's a little township. Okay. And they have all these old sewers. So the city had this van that they stored. They had these motorized cameras they would send down into the sewers when they, to find clogs and stuff. They're like okay, water yeah. submersible, and they're just on a long cable. And they would yeah. send them down in there. So they stored that equipment in, in the van. So it just stayed parked with the stuff right. in it. And they rarely ever use the equipment. And the cities have to let stuff sit, I think, for a decade before they can auction it off. So sure. the guy who bought it had a plumbing, industrial plumbing company or something like that. He wanted the equipment in it. He bought it at an auction and sold me the van for a song and yeah i mean it's just it's you know it's a sick machine i'm looking at it on your instagram right now oh right on 
I'm 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 so sad that you that that's the, that you just you're on just the wiring on that. Do, is there and you said you you lost the um or things weren't labeled properly, so you're not sure exactly how to do it. I didn't like label the, them like properly. I think I could figure it out. It's just lights, you know. That's it. Yeah. And then yeah, and sure. but it's but now I've like. <clears throat> Sounds like you built a wall up in your mind. It's got all my metal and wood in there right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was what did you ask? Oh, I just said it sounds like you built a wall around it in your mind that you're having trouble breaking through. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So such a big struggle with with my power wagon, dude. I I yeah, um, and you mentioned earlier about the imposter syndrome stuff a little bit. Totally deal with that all the time with this truck because I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, before this, I never, I really never even changed my own oil. Mm. You know, like this is, but, but, but yeah, it's difficult when you when you have one one task that you have to accomplish that is probably really easy when you actually get to it. But you, I wind up building walls around stuff that I'm like right now. I'm I have to start my engine for the first time. I know what to do, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm terrified. You know that I did something yeah. wrong. I'm not sure, and just a couple little things like electronically that I got to get squared away that are really easy. But and I've got this wiring schematic in front of me, but it's like uh, I'm just going to grind on some old rusty metal because it's easy and it's fun. Mm-hmm. I know that that yeah. instead of like making this thing purr, you know, I'm just like it's. I can relate to the struggle. I wish you, I wish you good luck breaking through that because I know you oh, can do thanks. it. I'm, like I'm there too. It's it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just another barrier that is self-imposed. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm shedding a lot more of those, like, you know, not having a lot of, I'll just be blunt, I haven't had a lot of positive people. So I've had to, like, develop my own in my life, you know, I've had to develop my own positivity, which is a struggle in and of itself, because you don't know what to use to make that. So, yeah. But a, a lot of times it starts with just kicking your own ass. Like some days I don't feel good. I feel sick or my back hurts, but I get out there and I start working and all that goes away. 100%. Which is, I mean, I who could, it's cheaper than therapy and it's a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, man. I'm, that's, I went through some tough, difficult times with mm-hmm. my going through a divorce and all that stuff and being in yeah. a really like, toxic situation that was my escape and you know it makes me so happy i don't know i don't i never thought in i kind of thought at one point i was unfixable and then Mm -hmm. getting myself involved with this stuff just to go in the shop and disconnect from everything for an hour or two or or, you know sometimes 12 hours at a time and just be in the zone nothing better better than drugs yeah well i know that but (laughs) (laughs) i mean it yeah, I'm not 20 anymore either. So yeah, yeah. it it's uh, I've got my biggest advocate in the whole entire world though is my wife and partner. We've been married for 25 years. So nice. That's uh, awesome. which these days even is pretty rare, you know. Um, so and she'll kick my ass if I can't kick my own. So there you go. Good. Yeah. Always good to have that backup. Yeah, for sure. The backup foot. <laughs> yeah. That foot has toes on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mean toes. 
Well, anyway, this has been a fantastic conversation, man. We really appreciate having you on yeah, the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I, um, you know, answered your questions. I don't know, like, 100% what you guys were after, but. No, this was great. Yeah, we really uh, appreciate you, yes. you know, sharing your, your expertise and you know, some wisdom and, you know, uh, your, your, your passion. And it, it seems like you're, you're very passionate, you know, about what you do and collecting things and, and getting the old tools running again and. Yeah. and keeping them going, which is what we're all about. So we, we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that with us. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that, you know, that there's a community <laughs> around too where a lot of like-minded people can, you know, I appreciate your guys' stories um, and, you know, just the fact that there's people around that you can kind of, you know, I start talking about this shit and people just glaze over man <laughs> so where are we at like an hour and a half now i mean i could probably go probably another couple hours but that's you know yeah, sure we all could yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure but no i mean there is there's really no set agendas are uh with our interviews it's just you know no no like, no I'm, like I'm friends having a good conversation so seeing this world from your angle is always uh a treat get another voice yeah. at the table yeah i think the people in this area don't like i was really glad um what i'm sorry i'm really horrible names but what is victor is that the name of the guy yeah victor yep. yeah like i didn't know he was around and it very rarely geographically do people come up in this area so you know probably reach out to him because if he can help me down in portland and i can help him up here towards seattle and and even in this area you know helping each other out yeah form form those connections and so what it's all about too you know sharing the sharing the passion but you know forming those connections and finding Mm -hmm. the the like-minded people and and you know helping each other out that's that's great too well it seems like there's a lot of people in philly and detroit and and new york and all these places where you know there is a way bigger machinery um uh manufacturing areas in those places so I was even contemplating, you know, like an event kind of meetup thing on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't really seem to be any, but then COVID hit, you know, and so who knows where that's headed. But yeah, you'll, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Or die trying. Yeah, we'll die trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gotta keep living. Jason, I just want to give you one more opportunity to tell the folks where they can find you online and uh reach out to you if they got any questions or want to talk to you yeah i'm at tool scrounge um all one word on uh instagram and my emails tool scrounge at gmail.com pretty easy um i actually do own the web domain but i just have some weird old blog stuff on there (laughs) and then i do have a pretty dead link tree in my instagram as well so (laughs) <laughs> um, but I am putting more stuff up for sale and stuff, you know, so there's links to um, things if someone wants to buy them. But just reach out. I'm around all the time. And even if you want to talk about recipes, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> make a mean, mean guacamole. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> all right, Evan, send us out, please. We appreciate you coming on, and we we thank our listeners at home for for uh, listening to our interviews, and and we know you're enjoying them. Um, 
by you know, the feedback we've been receiving. Um, so please keep it up. If, if, you, if you love it, if you hate it, if you have questions or comments, please make sure to contact us. We have our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast. You can send us a message there, or you can send us an email if you choose to at our email, which is at the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And this has been the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. on a deal with a guy who for um well, what do you call it uh why did i just draw a blank <laughs> the, the big blocks you for blacksmithing that you swage blocks yeah thank you blocks, yeah. and then covid hit and i couldn't go up and get it he was like i found two of them for free and so we were trying to devise ways to get it across the border and we kind of stopped at a trebuchet and just <laughs> throwing it over. <laughs> so, probably make it intact. <clears throat> yeah, dig, would. dig it out of twelve feet of mud. Yeah, that's the. It <laughs> rains a lot, so catching it's a bitch. But <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Evan, you don't match your voice. Well, yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but I bet you hear that a lot. Yeah, He's way well, sexier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I, I uh, noticed that a lot. Like when when you listen to something or or uh-huh. radio radio personalities, and you you like look up what they actually look like, and you're like, no, that's not them. No yeah. way. Yeah. You have a great face for radio. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>